friend. Blink. This is Mountain Hippie Radio. Welcome to Hippie Church. I'm your host, Allie Wags. Thanks for being here. Today's show is going to be a little bit different. Big surprise. So I'm still trying to figure out the way in which I make this show. And the reason that I'm focused so much on how I make it is that as I have evolved and changed and grown, I have found more joy, more happiness, more ease when I focus on the process of doing something rather than the outcome. So the first couple of shows, I was more attentive to the outcome. I was fixated on the outcome. I wanted the outcome to get a result. And as a result, I fell out of love with the process. I didn't enjoy it anymore. It didn't bring me joy. I wasn't having a good time. It seems like I only cough once at the beginning of the show. So I'm going to see if I didn't jinx it and see if we can just do a one cough show. Oh, shit. Now I think I have to cough again. Hold on. Okay. Any more than that, I will edit out because nobody needs that. Anyway. So process and the joy of process. The reality is our lives are one big process and our lives are a never ending process. After this physical body, we will go back into non-physical and not exactly sure what happens after that, but I know that it keeps on going. And so when we're focused on an outcome and we're on a never-ending journey, there is always going to be something in front of us that we want and do not have. In my case, I want this show to be the thing that I have imagined in bits and pieces, but haven't quite figured out how to put together. And chances are, you and your life, you have any number of things that you are interested in bringing into your experience. You are interested in them being part of your 3D reality. We all have those things. However, when we are focused too much on that outcome and not enjoying the process of getting to that outcome, one, we never get to that outcome because you cannot have a happy ending to an unhappy journey. Doesn't work. So if we focus on the process of how to do something, how we feel as we're doing it, one, that will keep our vibration nice and high so that we can attract the collaborators and the resources that we need to fulfill our dreams. But also it's so much fucking better. Seriously, being happy and joyful and easeful is more pleasant than the alternative. So why wouldn't we lean into that? Well, uh uh-oh, 
As someone who has recently quite publicly been fixated on an outcome and is now trying to figure out how to redirect while also having a podcast that comes out every week, I am confronting a little bit of vulnerability. That's right. I am in front of this microphone with all of my coughs, all of my wheezes, all of my insecurities and my quirks. And I need to get comfortable with that. We all need to get comfortable with not being fucking perfect all the fucking time. Because if you're trying to be perfect all of the time and you're trying to do big things, you're going to need to give yourself a little bit of a ramp. You're going to need to give yourself training wheels. You're going to need to give yourself help to take wobbly steps on your way to that thing that you want. These are my wobbly steps. I am wobbling in the microphone with the hope that, the belief that, the faith that this wobble, this connection, this thing matters. And even though it isn't perfect right now, it's okay. Wherever you are, whatever is not perfect right now, it is okay. A thousand percent. Cut yourself a break. Cut that guy across the street a break. Chances are he's trying to. Give your boss some slack. Give your kids some slack. Life is an ever-evolving, messy, fun, glorious journey. And if we don't embrace that part of it, we live very small, but beautifully tailored lives. And then everyone sort of starts to look the same. When we are so fixated on that outcome, when we're so fixated on the perception of others, our world gets really, really small because we don't want to take those steps outside our comfort zone. We don't want to stumble. We don't want to fall. And I've lived in that tiny box for a long time. I got the marks on the chart. I did what everyone told me to do. And I'm bursting at the seams. I can't be in this box anymore. And I don't think you want to be there either. So if there is something that you've longed to do, but didn't do out of fear, of embarrassment, out of a desire to 
avoid vulnerability, whatever that thing is. Let this be the call from the universe that you've been waiting for to get off your butt and go do that thing you love, even though you're going to be shitty at it. I am enjoying myself right now, even though I'm shitty at it. It's okay. So, sorry. So the last couple of episodes have been my practicing of this experience of sort of letting things flow through me. And it was a great experience. Super excited that I did it. However, I'm feeling a, I'm feeling called to add something more to it. So in sort of playing with this idea of me in my physical body, playing with that part of me that's connected to source energy, that part, I want it to be more of a dialogue, a more, more of a back and forth. And so for this episode... I am going to actually try to tell a story (laughs) with a point. So I'm going to take me and my physical body, my writer brain, my creative part of me, and I'm going to take this little story that I've been thinking about that I read about a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't figured out how to tell the story. I know that there's meaning in there, and I know that there's meaning for me and for you, and there's layers and all of that, but I can't in my physical body, figure it out right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to present it as a question to source energy, to the universe. And then I'm going to encourage you to do the same. I'm going to encourage you if there is a problem that you've been sort of gnawing on, if there is a question that you need an answer to, I'm going to invite you to ask it. Ask it out loud, say it out loud, or not if you're in a public place and don't feel comfortable. But the idea is that we're going to take this question and then we are going to quiet our minds. And we're going to do just a short, brief meditation. And part of the reason I want to do this is that what I know to be true is that the vibration of a question is not the same vibration as its solution. So a lot of times we try to fix something and we'll gnaw on it and we'll gnaw on it and gnaw on it just like me with this story that I think has meaning that really, really deeply resonates, but I can't quite understand it. I've been gnawing on it and gnawing on it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pose that question to the universe and then we're all going to get quiet. You're going to pose your question too. We're all going to get quiet. And then after that... I'm going to open up and I'm just going to listen. So this is my back and forth between me in the 3D and me in the 5D. And I'm going to see what happens. And we're going to go from there. Sound good? Sound nutty? Of course, it sounds nutty. Nobody says this shit out loud, which is part of the reason that I've been a little nervous to say it out loud. But here we go. Anyway, so... Do you remember there was an SNL sketch, the first season of SNL, in which John Belushi played Joe Cocker and sang with a little help from my friends? Do you remember that? If not, I have the link to the performance in the show notes. 
go check it out. And for those of you who are unaware, Joe Cocker had a very expressive way of singing. And it was very twitchy and writhy and very, very expressive. He moved his body as much as he moved his voice. And so apparently third season uh, or third episode rather of SNL, Rob Reiner was the host. There was no musical guest. And he had seen Belushi do this impression in a club somewhere else. He was familiar that Belushi had this, this impression. And so he thought it'd be really, really funny to have Belushi as Joe Cocker as the musical guest. And so he's in front of the big SNL band and he sings with a little help from my friends. And it's as sweet and silly and funny and beautiful and vulnerable and just an absolutely lovely performance. And there's something there's something about that performance that feels important because I see the layers, right? I see Joe Cocker being him, his full and authentic self. And then John Belushi on top of that, being his full and expressive self. And then cut to the 10 years later, maybe a little bit longer. I was a kid in a Navy base overseas. I was eight, about eight or nine years old and they played that clip as a rerun for SNL. And long story short, because we were on a Navy base, essentially we got SNL Sunday morning. So it was awesome because there was no way in hell I was going to be able to stay up late. My parents would not have let that happen. And so since it came on at like nine o'clock in the morning, my dad and I are like watching SNL while eating our Rice Krispies. It's totally amazing. And so in one of those Sunday morning, Saturday Night Live episodes, I watched this performance. And here's the thing, like even as, as a little kid, I knew that I was seeing something spectacular. I knew that I was seeing something magical and I had no idea who Joe Cocker was. I knew this impression was perfect because of all the little details, because of all the nuances, because of the grimaces and the shakes and the shimmies. I knew and I could hear it in the audience, but I just knew. And there's something really satisfying about the layering event. The idea that somebody was their authentic self and then somebody else picked out those little details, those little individual things that made it so unique that however many years later, I as a little kid who did not know who Belushi was impersonating, I knew it was awesome. And then not to mention the additional layer that I am now adding however many years later, 40 years later, 50 years later, by talking about it on this show. There is something about that story. There is something about that time period that feels really, really important to me specifically, but to our culture where we are right now. And I don't know what that is. 
and I've tried to make it all neat and try to connect the dots and I can't do it on my own, which is why we're going to get quiet and we're going to tune our vibration to something higher and then we're going to listen. You right now, whatever issue, whatever problem, whatever question you have for the universe, for source energy, for God, for whomever, whatever language feels best to you, ask that question now. Pause the podcast if you need to, if you need more time. Write it down if that feels good. Say it out loud if that feels good. Ask the question. What is it that you want to know? What is it that you want to understand? It can be big or it can be small. It doesn't matter. The point is we are getting in the process of starting to pose the question and then let it go. We're not going to think about that thing. We're going to direct our attention to this moment. And we're going to direct it to this moment. And if it is safe for you to do so, I would encourage you to close your eyes. And this won't be that long. Directing your attention now inward. Noticing your breath. What does your breath feel like? What does it feel like when it passes through the nose? What does it feel like when it comes down your throat? What does it feel like in your chest? What sensations do you experience as the breath moves in and out of your body? What does your body do? How does your body change shape as the breath moves in and out? There is nothing you need to be doing right now but listening to your breath, paying attention to your breath. Make it the most interesting thing ever. All of your attention, all of your awareness, over-exaggerate it. Observe your breath step by step by step, feeling by feeling by feeling. One sensation at a time. All of your attention, all of your awareness, just watching your breath. Noticing your breath as an observer would. Feeling your breath in your body. Noticing how you feel each and every moment. What does it feel like to be you right now? And then gently drawing your attention to the sounds in the room. Noticing the sound of my voice. 
Noticing any ambient sounds, the sound of a heater, the sound of a fan. Noticing the sounds in between the sounds. What does silence sound like where you are right now? All of your attention, all of your awareness focused on the silence. Focused on the ambient noise. Listening in anticipation for the next and the next sound. Noticing anything that flashes in your mind, noticing any ideas, notice any random weird thoughts that you haven't thought of in forever. Observing your vibration right now. Recognizing it is only temporary, as is most things. Listening. Listening to the sounds in the room, listening to anything that's bubbling up for you, listening here. As I am listening here. All of your attention, all of your awareness, listening here. Noticing anything that bubbles up. Observing it. Watching it. And then letting go for the next and the next. There's something about the 60s, specifically the late 60s and early 70s, that calls to me deeply, that resonates in my bones. There's something about the music. There's something about the exploration that was happening at the time. There's something about the use of psychedelics. There is something about the connection with Hindu philosophy. There is something about the fact that there was a group of people who chose to dig deep, that chose to open themselves up in ways that we hadn't seen before. There is something so nourishing about it all. I find deep connection and resonance with that time, and I don't understand why. I was born in 1981. My parents 
were a Navy pilot and a nurse. None of this stuff was in my house growing up. None of it. And yet when I listen to the Grateful Dead or when I hear stories about the Beatles meditating in India, it's like those are my people. I understand and it speaks so deeply to me. And I think that it's really relevant now. I think that we need more of that energy from the 60s now than ever. But also, I think that we are more ready for it than we ever have in the history of human beings, mankind, however you want to say it. I think part of the problem was that there were folks who leaned a little bit too far in. And that makes sense. We all understand that. I always, when I talk to my clients, we, we talk a lot about this idea of a pendulum. And the idea that you have a tendency sometimes as a human being to swing that pendulum from one extreme to the other. Right? We've seen that. Like, we don't make very good choices on what we eat for a couple of weeks, and then we decide that we are going to eat nothing for 10 days or something very, very extreme. So that's pendulum on one side swings all the way to the other side. And essentially, that's what I did with this podcast, right? I was on one side of the spectrum. I wrote everything down and then read it in the microphone. And then the last couple episodes, I went wee over to the other side. <clears throat> Man, I really got to cut out those coughs. So I went all the way to that other side and there wasn't much meat on the bones. Yes, I was allowing source energy to flow to me and through me, but I wanted something a little bit in the, the middle. And that's what this episode is my attempt to find that middle ground. And I think what happened in the 60s is that we were one in the 50s, <laughs> and then we swung that pendulum really, really, really far over. And it felt too far for some. And in some ways, it was too far. And then it felt like we swung the pendulum back to the other side, which is like my parents. My parents did not follow the Grateful Dead. My dad went to the Naval Academy. So we were swinging the pendulum all the way on that other side. And then here comes me with this weird, deep, crazy. I don't want to call it an obsession because I don't want to diminish it. And I feel like obsession has a negative connotation. What do I want to call it? There's, I mean, it's just deep resonance. It's connection. It's, there is something about that time that feels like medicine to me. 
And I get that that probably sounds absurd, but it's true. And so the pendulum is coming back onto the other side. But what I'm thinking is that because the world is different, why don't we try something in the middle? The reality is in the 70s, or I guess it was late 60s, in the late 60s, when the Beatles go on a British talk show and explain the process of meditation, everyone's like, are you what? Huh? Nobody knows what they're talking about. Cut to 2023, where a lot of us meditate. And not just the hippy dippy freaks like me. CEOs meditate. Single moms meditate. Dock workers med- meditate. A whole wide range of people who may or may not consider themselves new agey in any way. And so in some ways, we are more receptive to some of the things that they were talking about in the 60s that felt like a step too far. In 1968, I believe, Prudence Pharaoh, along with her sister Mia, go to India to study meditation with the Maharishi. And they were there at the same time as the Beatles. And Prudence had decided that she really wanted to learn meditation because when she came back to to the US, she was going to teach it. She was really, really serious about it because a little bit earlier, she had had a really scary acid trip. It was a step too far and it was really unpleasant. And so once she had the experience of dropping acid and also meditating, she preferred the more nuanced experience of meditation as opposed to the really jarring one that she had with acid. And so she goes out to India and is really freaking serious about it, like super serious. After lectures, everyone else is chatting, the Beatles are playing music, and she runs back to her room, locks herself in her room, and meditates for eight hours, 10 hours, 15 hours. I mean, it was, she was in there for a long time. People were concerned. Her behavior to the outside world felt a little much. And so the staff asked John Lennon and George Harrison to go see if they could convince her to come out of her room. And both of them had had similarly scary acid trips and understood where she was coming from. And so they took their job seriously. At one point, both of them burst in and sang Obladi Oblada to her while she was in the middle of meditation. And then John Lennon decided he was going to write her a song. And he decided to write her a song because that's what he knew how to do. He knew where she was mentally. He knew where she was in 
layers of consciousness. He knew how deep she was. And he wanted to check on her. He wanted to say, are you okay in there? And so he did. Dear Prudence was written for Prudence as a way of saying hello, as a way of checking in, as a way of seeing her where she was, acknowledging where she was. And then John Lennon in return was his authentic self in response, a little ping, a little sonar ping. Do you see me? I see you. Do you see me? I see you. And now I am here in 2023 bringing that story to you. The layering continues. Now you are having an experience with not only the information, but the vibration of that story. That is what's so exciting to me about this podcast. That is what what makes it not a big deal that this is messy because I am so curious and excited about this connection. I don't know why I'm weirdly obsessed with the 60s, but I know there's a reason and I'm going to explore it here. And if you would like to join me, you can listen. And you can trust that when you show up here, there is some sort of magic that's happening between you and me. Something. Because we are part of a lineage of things that came before us. It, this is not an issue of like the 60s were shit and everything in modern day is great. No. Everything, this evolving journey of the human experience, everything that came before us, we all have access to. We get to pick and choose what we like, what we geek out about, what we care about. And then we project it forward. Making our little mark, pinging. Do you see me? I see you. Do you see me? I see you. Consider yourself pinged. I see you. I hear you. I feel you. Even though I don't know you. I feel you because we are connected. All of us. I don't need to know specifically who you are to feel this connection. 
And you're listening to this right now for a reason. Don't know what it is, but you do. And if you give yourself the space to get quiet and listen, ask the question, dear universe, dear God, dear whomever, here is the thing that I want to know. Here's the thing that I want to make. Here's the thing that I want to be. And then get quiet. Listen, make this a dialogue between you and you. You don't have to go at this alone. I don't have to go at this alone. Ping, ping, ping. Well, I guess that's our show today. Until next time. This is Mountain Hippie Radio.